Hello. Hello. Hi, Sunny. This is our 10th time trying to record this episode. I cannot believe you can't get your shit together, but I'm happy to be back. Hi. My apologies. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, how's it going? I hear that uh, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, honestly, it is so nice. Um, I work in a school capacity. We are out for summer. I am, for the first time in a long, long time, feeling not overly stressed. Life is good. Um, Yeah, just like doing things that I want to, like working out a little bit, practicing some guitar, doing fun things. So yeah, life is really good for me right now. Maybe peak. Oh my god, I'm really happy for you. You really are thriving. Go off, queen. Pop off, sis. So, um... (laughs) Uh, I'm doing good too. I definitely don't work in a school capacity because I don't have uh, the patience. I don't have, I think, a tenth of the patience that you have, so I couldn't do that. But kudos to you, truly. Um, I wanted to bring something up that you might already know, maybe not, because you're kind of a stan, but did you hear that uh, Lord put out a new song? I did. I actually haven't listened to it yet, but I just heard like literally an hour ago. Yeah, because like just came out. Yeah. Um, how did you hear? I wonder. Like, do you have like Twitter notifications turned on in your phone for Lord? No, honestly, my boyfriend here told me about it. So wow, the true stand. <laughs> anyway, I listened to it. Um, I'm not gonna spoil anything. You should watch the video alongside the song. But, yes, um, I will. I want to yeah, see if yeah. she like. I just feel like Olivia Rodrigo love her first of all but driver's license definitely was like a lord retake you know it was Um, like a lord a lord like reject from her previous album yeah literally so uh yeah i'm curious to see what lord puts out and whether it parallels that at all i'm so sorry my dog is like a little piece of shit but yeah that's fine fine. you can join in hi special guest sunny's dog so (laughs) anyway there's that that's going on entertainment hot hot news i also wanted to talk about um I don't know if you have Apple Music, or, but I do because I'm a classist. And um, <laughs> there's this new feature came out on it called Spatial Audio. Um, it's also called um, like Dolby Audio, basically. And it's like it's like a live performance in your ears. Like the audio feels really like dynamic and whatnot. And have you heard this, or have you heard about it? I haven't, but I think I've heard I've done something similar with like I think it's called 8D audio or something where it goes around in your headphones so that it sounds like it's coming from like behind you in different places yeah this is very similar to ad audio um very very similar um but but like for dolby audio or spatial audio they actually like these artists will actually kind of um send apple a new reprocessed version of their tracks and so that's great but what happens is sometimes they don't sound great so like i was really hyped for this last night and i checked it out with my airbuds pro and i checked it out <laughs> i checked out some songs i specifically checked out um anyone by justin bieber because i like that song okay. and um and like i've heard the non dolby audio version sounds regular fine and then this version it sounds really cool because you you come like you almost hear the instruments individually. I don't even know how to explain it, and it's really crisp. But it's almost like, well, I guess that's the, it's like a live performance, 
but the the bad side of a of a live performance right which is that sometimes the instrumental can drown out the audio of the artist singing mm, totally. and also um the you don't instrument get that auto-tune. sound sorry yeah well no no i mean obviously like the track is still the track right like it's still the same voice mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. still the same so it would have the same auto-tune but justin sound kind of drowned out by the instruments and also the instruments sounded too individually isolated and i guess a lot of people like that and that's why they like this but i personally don't like that i like feeling like the song is one soul wall of sound right totally, and not yeah. that there are like i mean i don't like i'm not i'm not listening to shit in mono right like i do obviously <laughs> i like stereo but still mm-hmm. i don't like Dolby audio is basically like super stereo. So instead of having two channels now, all of a sudden your head magically has like five different channels of audio. And I guess a lot of people like that. I'm just not one of those people. Um, That's fair. That's fair. Honestly, yeah. this is making me want to get Apple Music. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, speaking um, of stereo and mono, we should do we should do an episode where one of our voices goes into <laughs> one ear and the other one goes into the other. We should get feedback on that. I mean. I think I could technically do that with this episode. I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna try I'm so in down. Ed- in the editing room. Yeah. And here's oh. here's why it's happening, folks, if you've already noticed. Oh, <laughs> my God. That would be so funny. And, okay, so if we are able to do this, by the way, it's going to start now. So we'll see. <laughs> but wow, I'm anyway, so yeah, a lot of people mm. were talking about wanting to switch over because of this feature. And funny enough, even though I don't like this feature... I'd still recommend everyone switch over just because um, I like it. I don't know, <laughs> which is a great reason because I like it. <laughs> I do hear and, Apple Music yeah. pays pays their artists better. That's the main thing that's made me consider switching over. Well, Taylor better Swift than, like, really Spotify. made sure that. Mm. Yeah, she really made sure that happened. She was she laid down the law. She was like, "Listen, Tim Cook, you gave me that coin, or I'm trashing your company, basically." So, I think they do pay their artists better. But for me, it's more about um i've tried spotify before and my boyfriend currently has spotify which mind you he initially got me onto apple music so it's hilarious to me that he's, oh, like, how he's also kind tables. of right he's also kind of like an apple stand he likes apple products like i do whatever and and he got me onto it and then a couple months um ago he switched because like something happened to his apple music account and he he was gonna be able to listen to music for like a month or something and so he got into a spotify trial and i guess it kind of stuck and now he's on it and now i'm kind of furious because it's like what the fuck <laughs> you That's got me onto so the service funny. to start paying for this service um and now you're gone and i can't share tracks with you but anyway um i like that you have your own library like the, your, when you download music offline it's all found within your actual like offline library whereas with spotify um it's just organized differently and there isn't one tab uh truly dedicated to just your offline library Mm. um and i don't like that it feels with spotify it almost feels like like with any music subscription service you're essentially paying to borrow music (laughs) but with Mm -hmm. spotify but with Apple Music, at least you can fool yourself into thinking that you actually own the music because it looks the same way it would look as if you purchased it on iTunes. But with Spotify, it's like it's very clear that every time you want to listen to anything, you are searching their online library of millions of songs and then picking it. And like you have to, go, I don't know. Anyway, I'm rambling now. <laughs> I see what you mean. Mm. Well, very fair. I mean, what ha- I had to switch cards because my last purse got stolen. 
and now I'm seeing all my subscription services saying like card isn't working and I'm deciding like whoa which of these do I actually want to keep you know yeah and one of those is Spotify and I'm wondering like I like Spotify mainly from being able to see other people's music but -hmm. you can keep it with ads you know I might just no longer pay for Spotify because I like that part of it but Mm -hmm. maybe subscribe to Apple Music that's what I'm that's what's uh churning right now Mm. I guess it's just um uh you have i'm just i'm just not the type of audience the target audience i think that's what it is because spotify is a really good service with a lot of cool features like the social stuff but i couldn't care less about that matter of fact on apple music you can share your music with friends but like on your profile but i actually private that because i don't want anyone knowing what i'm listening to so i guess really i'm not the target audience at all but if i were i might like spotify more (laughs) yeah anyway (laughs) i am sure you guys are enjoying this riveting conversation (laughs) yeah oh my god but um anyway i just wanted to bring that up because i thought it was interesting um and uh that's what i got to cover before we get into the main main meat of this episode do you have anything um no i am feeling pretty sated um yeah Lit. okay well hi all welcome to actual scary talk today we're talking about the roanoke colony also known as the lost colony of roanoke um sure some of you have heard of it i certainly have heard of it um fucking i don't know long time ago and then my interest for this was reignited when i saw the american horror story season with roanoke um i think it was eight or seven or something anyway i did like it um not super related to like whatever it's a tv show anyway (laughs) sunny you have some background for us (laughs) i do so you yes you might have heard of the lost colony through the american horror story um story on it you might also have heard about it if you live in the virginia north carolina area um or maybe you've just heard about it because you're a history buff or like an unsolved mysteries nerd um but if you have not heard about it we're about to explore this today so envision this the outer banks not the not the tv show although it is where the tv show is located um but Mm -hmm. this is basically an area on north carolina and virginia and for those of us on the west coast where those words don't um aren't in our vocabulary those are states (laughs) in the southeast of the united states and they're coastal so off of Wait, the you coast need to there. tell me the u.s is more than california texas new york and florida because i'm very confused um yeah i mean we can have a one-on-one <laughs> on this for all of our californians but um <laughs> yeah so these so next to these two states is this outer banks area on the east coast so this is next to the atlantic ocean pretty sure i got that right yeah and um basically this is an area where roanoke is and roanoke is right off the coast of North Carolina, so it's a little south from the coast of Virginia. Um, So basically, in the 1500s, um, you know, Europeans were fucking idiots. Shout out to my ancestors. Um, Not actually mine. These are, like, English Europeans. Um, But Well, there's no way for you. I mean, that's so far back. There's no way for you to know. Yeah. Truly. I don't know. I'm pretty Scandinavian on my white side. I definitely, I definitely sound like one of those terrible white people that's going to tell you how like diverse my ancestry is. Um, but yes, on the white side of my family, I am mainly Scandinavian. So I like to think that these ancient English idiots were not involved in my, my making. Um, but in 1524, 
Giovanni de Verasano, so that's actually probably an Italian, um, who mistook Pamlico Sound for the Pacific Ocean, um, was exploring the Virginia, North Carolina area. So what that means is Pamlico Sound is this little lagoon in North Carolina. So he basically hit land on America, went inland, I don't know, 100, 200 miles, something like that, hit a lagoon that was really wide and said, oh my god, we just crossed the North American continent. This is now the Pacific Ocean. We're about to hit China. I c can, you, can you envision this, Andre? That is really crazy. <laughs> no, literally. So he basically thought that North Carolina, like half of its width was like the width of the entire uh, American continent and that if he crossed it, he would make it to China. Um, so at this point, he, you know, calls it back to England, says, and France, he says, hey, you can make a lot of money if you pay me to explore this more because I can take you straight to China through here. Um, and they, at the time, everyone is like, um, no thanks, because I guess they recognized he was an idiot. And then in 1578, so this is about 50 years after that, Queen Elizabeth I, crazy that she's been alive since the 1500s, am I right? Um, no. <laughs> but Queen Elizabeth grants a charter for uh, Sir Humphrey Gilbert to explore and colonize the territories. He dies off not having done it, but his brothers in the late uh, 1580s, and this is where our story starts, um, do decide to colonize the area, despite the fact that there are Spaniards there and there's like tension going on between England and Spain. So in 1586, just about, they start what I'm pretty sure is the first English colony in the US. Keeping in mind there's already Spanish colonies, um, and actually I'd have to check, but I would not be surprised at all if there were already like French and uh, Portuguese colonies going on. But the English decide to, you know, get in on this rich land just waiting to be claimed as though people do not already live there. And um, in 1586, just about, they established this colony on Roanoke, which is a little island off the coast of North Carolina. So everything is going well, you know, they're establishing, establishing this colony, um, some people die, some, some supplies are lost, and they eventually end up saying, you know, we're going to make this a, a baby colony, we're going to make this a small colony because we don't have many supplies, and about a hundred people decide they're going to um, set, you know, set land up on the colony of Roanoke. Keep in mind there are already native peoples there. And while at first their relationship is pretty friendly, um, there is some like tension that kind of grows there. And in 1587, I think it is, the um, one of the leaders, John White, essentially says, hey, I'm gonna go get us some supplies and I'll be right back. And he leaves for three years. <laughs> uh, he goes, he right. goes back to England, yeah. And as I mentioned, there are these tensions going on between England and Spain. And voila, there's an uh, like Anglo-Spanish war. And because of that, every single ship is being used in that war. So meanwhile, his wife and kid and like grandchild are all in this colony, but he has to stay in England for three years. He comes back in 1590. So this is, you know, it was set up in 1586. He comes back in 1590 like, hey, y'all got your supplies. Hope you survived those three winters on your own in this new land that you don't know anything about. Um, and lo and behold, everyone was gone. All 100 um, people, including children, completely disappeared. And when he comes back, all that he finds is the cryptic word Croatoan, carved into a fence, essentially. And Croatoan was actually the name of an island just south of Roanoke. So, um, and also the name of a tribe that lived, I think, on the island south. 
Um, Isn't that a thing from SpongeBob? <laughs> that's a good question. I actually have no idea. Literally I none. Think so. Anyway, continue. Um, but he finds that word Croatoan, and uh, he, you know, thinks, oh, maybe that means that they actually went to the Croatoan island. But because of apparently rough seas and a lost anchor, he actually has to head back to England. So he doesn't really get to investigate more. Um, and ever since, considering over 100 people disappeared, there's been a ton of speculation about what happened. Um, I mean, even in the background, I've seen a lot of theories sort of summarized. But from what I hear, you have a lot more theory-wise, Andre. I do. Um, we're going to be going back and forth on this because I want to hear your thoughts on all of this. But before I even go into the theories, I want to delve into the research that was done after they figured out people were gone. So, mm -hmm. um, which I guess is connected to the theories themselves. But let me just go into pure research right now. So... I mean, there were a shit ton of expeditions and investigations done into Roanoke uh, from the point of the, the disappearance, right, being uh, recognized in 1590 to literally now. So there were, uh, there was one investigation um, in the late in the late 1590s. There were like five of them in the 1600s, and then there was one done by this guy John Lawson in the 1700s um, but the thing about those is these are basically all expeditions where people would go back to the site and try to find anything they could and most of these really all of these didn't find anything besides maybe like uh, like p power sorry I just had a mini stroke powder or <laughs> firearms or stuff like that but that didn't really tell them a lot it was just kind of the you know, their remaining possessions and, like, debris and shit from the people that obviously lived there and disappeared, but they didn't tell them a lot. Nothing was as good of a clue as the Croatoan carved into the tree, right? Which, um, which I'll go into a theory in a minute about what people think that meant exactly, but, um, I want to talk more about the modern research. So, in the, this is super duper interesting to me. So, in 2011, 2011 to 2019, there's been this uh, there was this investigation called Side X. So uh, in November of 2011, researchers at the First Colony Foundation noticed two corrective patches on White's 1585 map, La Virginia Pars. White, I'm referring obviously to this guy that you were just talking about. So mm -hmm. they look at this map, right? And they the, the british museum is like can you guys examine this because this is odd so there's a patch on this map they look at it and it's at the confluence of the roanoke and chowan rivers so it is in this area of the disappearance and they find that this uh patch is actually covering a symbol representing a fort and they're like holy shit um like this guy had a map and it you know he covered up something and obviously this guy's like our main guy when it comes to the disappearance of roanoke so we should really investigate this so they realized that this little symbol on the map is represents um a fort and that it was being covered up and the, as the symbol is not to scale it covers an area on the map that it's like actually like represents thousands of acres so it wasn't to scale but the point is that now they have a symbol um, but again, because it's not to scale, they can't actually pinpoint the actual, like, true location of this thing. Um, 
everyone picture a map like maps are teeny and to scale so if you just put a big ass symbol somewhere on a map like that doesn't tell you a lot about that location right so anyway the location however is presumed by these people to be in or near the 16th century Wepimauk village of Medichem and now we're talking uh, Native American villages so in 2012 a team prepares to go here and excavate this area where the symbol is on the map um they're archaeologists and they start excavating they do everything they call the site site x as in x marks the spot and then in october 2017 after excavating for a while and researching their own findings um the first colony foundation reports finding fragments of tudor pottery and weapons at site x and concludes that these indicate that a small group of colonists was residing peacefully in the area the challenge for this so, so basically like site x on um, like where they believe the symbol on the map is pointing isn't actually roanoke but somewhere nearby and so they go there and they excavate and they find stuff from the time period which indicates that there were people living there and so this is lending to this foundation's theory that oh you know what it looks like maybe um, they just moved somewhere else which isn't the most popular theory mind you as far as the disappearance the most popular theory which i'll go into in a minute is that they assimilated into the local native american tribes but mm -hmm. this foundation is basically trying to prove that um no they didn't they just moved somewhere else somewhat close to where roanoke was because there were maybe better conditions there or more resources so anyway they again report findings finding fragments of shit from the time basically that suggests that there were people living there however the challenge for this research is to rule out the possibility that these finds were not brought to the area by the 1585 laying colony or the trading post established in the 1650s and then so basically because there were people in this area before the roanoke like the second roanoke establishment took place like they have to rule out that these belongings belonged to those earlier people mm -hmm. uh because otherwise you know what i mean like it could just be from those earlier people and it's not mysterious at all <laughs> like yeah so that's the problem in 2019, the foundation, the foundation announced plans to expand the research into land that has been donated to North Carolina as Salmon Creek State Natural 2019. Area. 2019. I can't believe they're still investigating that. This is Me literally the, the <laughs> like, I, I just feel like you know if you're not gonna find a lost child or if your likeliness of finding a lost child goes down after 48 hours, what is the likeliness of finding a lost colony, a lost colony. when it has been 400 years? Just wondering. Just putting that out oh there. Oh my god. Food for thought. Well, listen. If white people put their mind to something that involves white people being missing, <laughs> they will find those white people. Let me just tell you. Okay, oh my god. So and that's on Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> so, now this is another project trying to find this, basically. And this one goes from 2005 to 2019. So, still very current. So, since 2005 computer scientist roberta estes has founded several organizations you're not going to believe how they're trying to find these people now it's no longer digging it's no longer <laughs> um the, the, several organizations have been founded by this woman for dna analysis and geological research so they're trying to do genetic analysis in order to find these people Dude, how what? exactly how you might this ask like so yeah yeah <laughs> so this this woman basically her interest in the disappearance of the colony 
um, uh, she became interested in like the early 2000s and then she was like, you know what? I think I, I can establish a genetic link between the colonists and potential Native American descendants, which is an idea that could work in theory. Um, and so then what, what does she do? She starts examining autosomal DNA, um, but then she finds out that for this purpose, that's actually unreliable because very little of the colonist genetic material would have remained after five or six generations. And that is the kind of DNA that you get. Yeah, with girl, we're like 20 generations basically. out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, okay. I don't have no idea how they defined five or six generations. Cause yeah. like, that sounds wrong. Maybe they mean like one person lives for a hundred years, but, but like, I don't think that's right. Anyway, mm-hmm. however, testing of Y chromosomes and mitochondrial DNA, which again, a different type of DNA now is more reliable over large spans of time, more reliable than this aforementioned autosomal DNA. And so the main challenge of this work for this woman now is to obtain genetic, a genetic point of comparison either from the remains of a lost colonist or from one of their descendants. Now, I'm sure you can guess the challenge is, how the fuck do you figure out who one of the descendants of these people are if they're lost and, like, they were never seen again? So, while it is conceivable to sequence DNA from 430-year-old bones if they were to find bones, there are, as of yet, no bones from the lost colony to work with. Yeah, what? So she's just, like, (laughs) what DNA is she looking at? Yeah, I, like... Well, I mean, listen... This poor woman is literally just, like, a dog hoping to find a bone. Like, that's literally what's happening here. <laughs> and then she'll be happy, because she'll be able to work with that. And as of 2019, the project has also yet to identify any living descendants, which, yeah, I wouldn't think they would have been able to, because... How? So they haven't. But that's a uh, project uh, ongoing, actually. Wow. I mean, yeah. it is a really popular thing. I have a little sidebar if you're down to um, yeah, go ahead. explore yeah so we talked about it being an american horror story but this is actually a really just popular story i guess media wise there's a there's an, a historical outdoor drama called the lost colony originally written and produced during the great depression in 1937 in north carolina and it's yeah it's based on the story of how this colony was formed and disappeared and get this it received a tony for excellence in theater in 2013 so very recently meaning yeah this thing written in 1937 has been you know modern day validated and it has been seen by more than four million people so um all that to say you know visit uh north carolina y'all and watch the lost colony i guess if you're into theater um but no it's like very surprising just how much yeah like this happened in 1590 and it was getting attention in 1937 and then got an award in 2013 on this same play that was written, you know, almost, or whatever, like 60, 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. Just wild to me how um, lasting this story has been. Um, Listen, a good mystery never ceases to, um, like, amaze the public consciousness, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. yeah. I guess this I is some is. very, like, curiosity killed the cat, except, you know, for humans type right type stuff oh to be fair i mean to be fair it's pretty extraordinary even within the context of urban legends and whatnot because i think this is the oldest one i can think of i mean i don't really know if it's an urban legend it's not it's just a mystery but like um it's like a spooky mystery (laughs) and so it almost i don't know like i almost classify it as an urban legend and if you do classify it as that 
like oh the people disappeared why who knows um then it it is probably the oldest like the only other one i could think of would be like light your own out which isn't nearly as old or like bloody mary which isn't nearly as old the origins of the story i mean are nearly as old right because for bloody mary it would still be like um uh elizabethan times because people think like oh she used to be mary queen of scots like a whole fucking thing um but even then <laughs> yeah. would, even that would have happened slightly after 1590 so yeah she just beheaded. so it's just yeah. yeah it is surprising um how deep of an impact this has had on like i don't know the collective consciousness or media yeah. um dang i had another thought but it has truly escaped me maybe it will come back the lost thought of Sunny. Anyway, oh, um, oh, wait, I have it. Sorry. Yeah. My thought was just that, like, I guess I didn't really see the mystery of it. It's like, okay, this new colony comes to this place they've never been. They're left there for three years without any new supplies coming in, which they're expecting to come in. And then, lo and behold, when you come back, they're gone. Like, I think it's weird they couldn't find the bones or, like, clear grave sites. But it's literally, like, it could have been disease. It could have been, been them not living through winter or being able to scrape up enough food. Um, it's like the possibilities I mean, for them having just died are many. Yeah, in my mind. but but no, Sunny, because like it was only three. Like, okay, the guy comes back three years after the colony is reestablished. They mm-hmm. didn't die immediately. They probably if they did all die, it probably took him let's say I don't know six months to a year to die. If they really truly ran out of food really soon after the colony was reestablished okay Mm -hmm. so you have two to two and a half years for these dead bodies to be like taken up by the earth and completely covered if you indeed aren't able to find any bones which they weren't able to find anything um how that doesn't happen like it it hasn't like it wasn't decades when the guy went back and it was literally a couple years later they would have found something there were over a hundred people here they would have found one bone girl so i definitely don't think they died i guess yeah i don't or they died and like their bodies were cleared out but yeah um okay sure but like i'm they would have found some grave site somewhere unless they weren't buried with a grave by like because you know fuck the colonizers maybe the, the the indians took the bodies and we're like you know just throw them in a the ditch which i guess but anyway let's just get into theories because this this goes right into this okay so the first theory um that i want to talk about there, there's too many theories but the first theory i want to talk about is actually i was going to finish my sentence it was actually what i was going to say which is like okay so let's say they didn't die um, well, one could say, oh, there still isn't any mystery, right? Like, it's a Croatoan on the tree. There was a Croatoan tribe nearby. That obviously means that they assimilated with these people, and that's it. No mystery. Like, they didn't die. They just figured out they were out of resources, and they needed the help from the Indians, and so, you know, they gave up their pride, and they assimilated. Um, okay, but why weren't any of the 100 people <laughs> ever identified in this Croatoan um, like, tribes you know like that was nearby uh when they went back to look for these people like hello <laughs> i yeah. mean right like where, yeah. where are they and if that is here, weird because you'd also they? expect you'd expect the croatoan tribe to have some record of what happened too right like also i mean yeah. let's let's give them you know let's say no let's say oh they weren't writing about that or whatever 
let's assume now still where are these people like it's been two years it hasn't been 20 years so where are they uh if they are indeed here walking amongst you guys the indians like where are they um so integration with local tribes is the first and biggest theory and the thing the one that people believe the most um, I think I'll save my personal opinion on this for the end, but basically, people consider the possibility that the missing colonists could have assimilated into nearby Native American tribes since at least 1605. I guess before that, before 1605, so like from 1597 to, or 1590 to, anyway, they still yeah. thought like, no, they're just dead. They're just dead. But starting in 1605 people started to speculate you know what maybe they're not because we haven't found any remains and so maybe they assimilated so anyway yeah if this i do have like a little thing on that um just that i was reading about this and someone brought up the dare stones which is um carvings and stones that were purportedly made by eleanor dare who is the daughter of john white um so there's a few stones that have mm-hmm. written stories telling like about what happened to the colonists and personal like stories um, most of these are believed to be a hoax, um, but there is, it's according to this website, there's some academic belief that at least one of the stones may be authentic. So I feel like the dare stones are part of the, that theory, um, but it's not believed to be enough to, like, really be like, okay, this is what happened, you know? Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've read that people think that all the stones are fake, besides maybe the first one, like, that maybe that one is real. Um, yeah but i mean yeah i actually do have a little tidbit about this so Mm. um let's close up on the dare stones i'll say from 1937 to 1941 you know there are these stones and they were discovered and they're claimed to have been written by like you said um it's actually eleanor dare mother of virginia dare so i'm adding that detail because virginia dare is also like an important figure here because she was like the first child born in uh roanoke and cute anyway um (laughs) the rocks told the travelings of the colonists and their ultimate death so if these rocks are real obviously that's a huge fucking deal because that's basically all the info you need to figure out this mystery Mm -hmm. but most historians believe that they are a fraud um and the first one is sometimes regarded to be different from the rest based on linguistic and chemical analysis and therefore as possibly genuine but even that one isn't ruled to be yeah and you know interesting that they came out 1937 to 1941 because that's when this play i was talking about came out (laughs) yeah so it's like everyone went to see this play got hyped over it and was like you know what i should do tonight is make a little carving of my own yeah (laughs) basically so okay so back to integration so if the integration was successful the assimilated colonists would gradually exhaust their european supplies like their ammo and their clothing and discard European culture, like language, style of dress, and agriculture, um, as the native lifestyle would become more convenient. But, but no, <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Like, this is my personal opinion. This isn't part of what I'm reading. But like, girl, it was two years. It was just two years. Like yeah. they went looking for them, like, in, in Croatoan Island, where they speculated, um, they had fled to and where there were native people uh, there. Soon after 1590, which is where they saw, when they saw that they weren't at Roanoke anymore. So like, even if it wasn't two years, even if it was like three, actually, because it took him a while to figure whatever. Like, soon after, very soon after, um, they found fucking Croatoan carved on a tree, and they figured out that meant Croatoan Island. 
they went to Croton Island, where they would have, uh, you know, according to this theory, assimilated in, and they didn't find shit. So... <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> Colonial-era Europeans observed that many people were moved from European society by Native Americans for substantial periods of time, even if ca captured or enslaved, were reluctant to return. Um, the reverse was seldom true. So natives would like, you know, love to return if they were abducted by Europeans, but Europeans wouldn't if they were abducted by natives. Which, wow, okay, funny how that works. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, therefore, this is from the Wikipedia article on this. I'm just going to uh, finish reading this and that's it. Therefore, it is reasonable to postulate that if the colonists were assimilated, they or their descendants would not seek reintegration with subsequent English settlers. Um, first, I want to know where this observation came from, that colonial-era Europeans saw that actually when Europeans were abducted, they didn't want to return back to the Europeans. <laughs> like, where did this uh, assumption come from? Whatever. But, um... That is cute, second, though, and funny. Okay, just, like, Right, it is pretty funny. Like, no, mom's, mom and dad, sorry, I want to stay with this family. I like them better. No, literally, but, like, um, yeah, just coming in and saying, they're so barbaric, I can't believe this, and then <laughs> hanging out and being like, um, actually, can I not um, go back to <laughs> Europe? Thanks. Uh, I know. Yeah, have you guys heard about corn? I want to stay here. They have corn. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, like, okay, number one, that, what I just said. Number two, even if they don't want to go back, okay, even if we assume that's totally true, um again like when they went to look for these people in and around these native tribes when they went to look for the Roanokans why weren't they there they assimilated uh, like <laughs> girl they didn't literally assimilate into Indians like they didn't turn brown right so like <laughs> where where are they and why are they not sticking out like sore thumbs even if they you know adopted the language and the customs like you would have seen them so this mm -hmm. theory is obviously the the reason I just brought up is why this theory is um, still very much debated even though is the one that is most widely adopted by people I think people have an easier time um being like uh oh well there must be you know some reason they weren't found after people were looking for them soon after the disappearance um but they definitely assimilated i think people are having an easier time justifying why they don't have um like uh, a good explanation for how that happened than justifying something like they all died but we found no remains which I don't understand why. I mean, they both are, to me, equally unlikely just because in one of them you find no bones and in the other one you find no people. So where are they? You know um, what, though? If, according to that assumption, they wanted to assimilate into the tribe and they didn't want to return, maybe when people came around looking for them, they would have hidden, right? Because they don't want to be back. Um, mm. Don't want to tell them, like, hey, you know we actually don't want to hang out with you anymore um and instead just hit away for that time right um okay so i got um i got the specifics here on on when they were first looked for after the disappearance so mm. uh white comes back in 1590 so after living them for three years, he's like, oh my God, they're gone. And then in 1595, 
Walter Rayleigh, uh, Walter, Walter Raleigh, I should say. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, he was like a... Have you ever heard of him? So Walter Raleigh, he was like a big deal back then. He was like yeah, an English statesman. Yeah, he was given the whole, the governorship of Virginia or whatever. Yeah, he was an explorer and he was like important back in the Elizabethan era. Anyway, this guy, um, uh, he did a transatlantic voyage in 1595. It was his first one. And he actually claimed to be in search of the lost colonists. Um, so we can assume that was at least the very first... Um, time that they were looked for somewhere in the area i thought that john white i guess i was wrong i thought that john white after he saw that they were gone had looked for them but apparently not apparently he was just like oh they must have assimilated or they must have gotten lost but they're still alive but he didn't actually look for them so but still even then like even if it had been five to seven years uh, I doubt all 120 of them would have died, right? <laughs> and also that they would have like assimilated so much they would be unrecognizable from like, I, I think that's impossible. So anyway, those are the like, uh, that's, that's the biggest theory on this. Um, but then there are others and one, one that I'd like to explore really quickly with you, Sunny, is mm. of course... Um, alien abduction is responsible for the I disappearance. I hate this. No, I would. I'm metaphorically is... walking out. <laughs> and this is why mass alien abduction. Sonny, think about this. It would explain why no bodies were ever found. And also, in this line of thinking, it's possible that the hidden symbol found below the patch on that map that I mentioned earlier actually indicate an alien landing site or a crop circle phenomenon rather than a British fort. Am I wrong? Just saying. I'm not sure that you're right. But okay. okay. Now, um, I have another one. This is, this one's, I think you're going to like this one. Um, I think the colony of Roanoke could have suffered from a zombie plague, and this is why. <laughs> oh. I actually thought about this. So, this would actually offer an explanation as to why the disappearance of all the colonists was so swift, right? Because, like, brah. I mean, that was really, really fast. And also, there's, a, like, a lack of evidence tied to, like, a skirmish with the local natives. Like, you know, a lot of theories are like, oh, they were attacked. But you don't see that in the findings of, you know, there were, like, there were no remains and all of their stuff was just, like, there were no guns. Well, there were some guns, but they weren't like you. There wasn't a battle there, so there, there just wasn't. Also, as Roanoke was an island, it could explain why the infection was contained just to this place. Think about it. But why a zombie plague? Why not just like a new world infection that they had never had to face plague? <laughs> I mean, it could be, but is that nearly as interesting? <laughs> They all anyway. ate each other, and that's why their bones disappeared. Exactly. They, they even got the bones. I mean, speaking of attacks, um, actually, I'm not even going to talk. I'm not even going to talk about Native American attack because, like, there weren't any any native like weapons finding the area. Nothing. So I really don't think that happened. But just letting you know that is a theory. But another attack theory is that there was actually a Spanish attack 
So, fun fact about your screenplay. Um, during the time that this 1937 drama about Roanoke was being composed, Paul Green noticed that Spanish, Spanish records, he was the guy writing it, uh, noticed that Spanish records from the period contained an abundance of references to Rally and his settlements. So, oh, Rally isn't white again, but instead he's the guy that came later in 1595. He did the voyage trying to look for the colonists. Anyway. Green's play ends with the colonists leaving Roanoke Island to evade an approaching Spanish ship, leaving the audience to wonder if the Spanish found them. So this is like completely just made up by the writer and just fiction until you realize that Spanish forces actually knew of English plans to establish a new Virginia base in 1587, which was the new Roanoke colony, uh, and were searching for it before White's colonists had even arrived. The Spanish Empire had included most of North America in their Florida claim, and they didn't recognize England's right to colonize Roanoke or Chesapeake Bay. That is interesting, especially because they were like mid literally mid-war during that time. But yeah? Exactly. Yeah. And then the colonists likely recognized the threat this represented, given the Spanish sack of Fort Caroline in 1565, which was a thing that took place. Thank you very much, Wikipedia. However, the Spanish were still attempting to locate the colony in Chesapeake Bay as late as 1600, suggesting that they were unaware of its fate. And some people think, um, actually, the Spanish found this place in 15, well, sometime between 87 and 90, and attacked the colonists in Roanoke and killed them all which okay great but with any just like with any other attack theory about this there were no remains found so unless they were all abducted by the spanish and for some reason taken back to spain as war prisoners which is super unlikely and unnecessary i don't buy this one yeah <sighs> dang that's interesting though especially considering the historical context right there's just so much about this, dude. There's so much about this. I was like, where do these hoes go? Out. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was reading a shit ton about this before we recorded, and I was like, where do I even start? Like, uh, okay. Here's something else I want to bring up. Another, another. I guess you could call this theory, but anyway, <clears throat> this is about the Cora tree. Have you heard about the Cora tree? No. Okay. So in 2006, there's this guy. He's a writer. His name's Scott Dawson, and he proposes that a southern live oak tree on Hatteras Island, which is near uh, by where Roanoke was, um, which bears the faint inscription Cora in its bark, C-O-R-A, might be connected to the lost colony. The Cora tree had already been the subject of local legends for a long time, most notably a story about a witch named Cora, but whatever. Nevertheless, Dawson argued that the inscription might represent another message from the colonists, similar to the Croatoan inscription at Roanoke. If so, Cora might indicate that the colonists left Croatoan Island to settle with the Cori, also known as the Coronine, on the mainland near Lake Matamuskeet. Okay, hear me out. Go what ahead. if that Cora was supposed to be Croa and they just misspelled it? Yeah, I mean, what if the guy that was writing it was dyslexic? <laughs> Gotta give it to him. Um, I, I don't think this has a lot to it besides the fact that you could, I guess connect Korra with the Kori tribe since they were also um, known as Korra 9 I guess but I mean that's a stretch but a 2009 study to determine the age of the Korra tree was inconclusive anyway so I mean there you go damage to the tree caused by lightning and decay has made it impossible to obtain a valid core sample for tree ring dating 
even if the tree dates back to the 16th century, as this guy theorizes, establishing the age of the inscription would be basically mm, impossible. Gotcha. I, yeah. So interesting. This bruh. really is an unsolved mystery, as unsolved I mean, as unsolved gets. Mm? I mean, I don't think it's as unsolved as unsolved gets. I've seen mysteries that have a lot less info on them and are a lot more cryptic on like unsolved mysteries or something. This mm-hmm, one just mm-hmm. has, I think, the most attention and resources poured into it over the past, you know, number of centuries. And I think that's totally. why it's such a big deal. But if you really, really think about it, um, I un- like I understand and almost kind of agree with why most people think the integration theory is the most plausible theory and the most viable. Because, I mean... Yeah, like, they were alone, they ran out of resources, it was cold, probably, for, they were hungry, and they were like, okay, we don't want to die, and the Indians, well, we don't think they are gonna slash want to kill us, maybe we should try to integrate with them, um, and so that's what they did, um, and that's what happened, and that's it. Yeah, and when you think about that, that's a really interesting dynamic with the Spanish, too, it could be that after they integrate, they get scared when Spanish, like, when Spanish ships come around or something. I mean, I don't really know, but when, you know, and so they hide out. They're like, oh, I don't want other people to, or I don't want them to realize that I'm here and or that we're here and, mm-hmm. like, try to massacre us. Um, and so they keep, they keep on the hideout, and that's why no one finds them. I mean, that is a good way to fill the, the hole that that theory has, right? Which is, well, mm-hmm. where were they? when they were searching these tribes for these people. I guess that would explain that. Um, I mean, something else that could explain that was that the record, like that very travel that I mentioned, that very voyage that Walter Raleigh did in 1595 looking for the colonists, that thing itself Mm -hmm. is disputed as having happened or it did happen, but Raleigh was actually lying about... um, looking for the colonists and he was actually looking for El Dorado. (laughs) Like a lot of people think that that's actually what it was. And so there's a chance that I'm completely wrong about these people, about uh, these people having been looked for soon after the disappearance. It could actually have been 20 years. It really could have been a longer time than just Mm. very soon after. And if that is the case, then that would allow for more time for the, for the initial colonists to die and if they did have children, you'd have a hard time identifying those children. Um, as Because if they had them with the natives, they, they wouldn't look fully white, right? So mm-hmm. I guess that would also explain how when people went to look for them, whenever they finally went to look for them, why maybe that's why they didn't find them. Yeah. It is interesting when you think about DNA stuff. I guess I've realized, you know, if you could see in someone's DNA that they had, like, Roanoke native ancestry from 430 years ago, an English ancestry that dates back to that exact same time, I guess that could give you some kind of clue. Um, yeah, but, but, like, not, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a ton of white people have ancestry that goes back to english people who lived in the 16th century but like that's not mm-hmm. gonna like it, you know what i mean like a dna test isn't gonna tell you like oh yeah it was from roanoke like no yeah yeah but maybe i mean if there's native dna from that exact same time that's like specific to the i mean that's the thing i don't know how detailed the dna analysis gets but uh-huh. if they can 
like pinpoint what that that island's like tribe DNA was. Um, that could be interesting. Right. Yeah, but yeah, that's like a very funny. Wow, people are so into this. This is. I know. Yeah. Well, good luck to um, good luck to Roberta Estes, the computer scientist that I told you that is trying to find. Love a that for her. Good luck Please to her. just keep on your search, Roberta. <laughs> Um, the last thing I'll say about integration, which I guess is what I'm going to go with as the one that I believe in, even though I still think it has some kind of fundamental flaws. And the last thing about it is that there is, um, um, there is local folklore, right, in the Virginia and North Carolina area about uh, natives being uh, observed to uh, have had blue eyes and blonde hair some of them like kids um not long after the disappearance of the colony and that has kind of been passed down you know as oral tradition for a long ass time uh Mm. so that's something and if indeed that was that's true well then that's a very clear sign that there was like intermingling there and that most likely the colonists just assimilated yeah very interesting i'm curious about you know punnett square time also you know as a mixed race person you can't see it but i'm doing a little hair flip um you know if it's like a white person and a native person having a child the likeliness of the child having like light blue eyes and whatnot very low and i get like a generation later or maybe Mm -hmm. if it's just Mm -hmm. like a uh white kid before there's been um intermixing um that feels feels like such a shitty way to say it um but then maybe uh, but yeah that feels like kind of exaggerated but yeah i mean so i mean so either they were lying and this like oral tradition urban legend is not real or Mm -hmm. it is real and if it is real like i get what you're saying but also what other way would you be able to explain it albinism i mean that's super rare in any population so yeah 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 that's a fair um, point yeah anyway that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> i would yeah i would just think there would be more record like somewhere you know right 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 like even oral tradition through the roanoke tribe but then again uh, i mean yeah. no, so many natives I, I died with everything that went on but no no i wouldn't think there would be more written record just because these people weren't there, there weren't a lot of people in this community it was little like 100 people i mean yeah it, it's a lot, but it's really not a lot. And they were probably all concerned. Well, some of them were children and couldn't write. And actually, most of them were probably illiterate. And then the rest who could write were probably concerned with, like, not dying and finding food. So I doubt any of them had a long time, a lot of time to, like, just leisure and, like, write, <laughs> right? You know, like, in, like, journal. So, no, I wouldn't think so. I guess. I don't know. I would think that, like, folks in the tribe would, like, pass on to their kids, you know, like oh yeah, that one time we had to take in literally a hundred random colonizers at once. You know, like, wouldn't that make <laughs> enough of an impact to leave some kind of story that would be passed down? I guess you're right. And so maybe actually a ton of them did die and were buried by the natives alongside the remaining colonists and only like 25 of them actually assimilated. And so that wouldn't actually be that big of a story or whatever. Or maybe yeah. whatever tribe they were maybe. with yeah. didn't, yeah, didn't keep written records or didn't write or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they liked it there so much that they hid out when people searched for them. 
And that's our full right. theory, folks. So That's our full theory. We there, we solved it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Unsolved mystery but really, solved. Mm. I mean, really it was uh, a mass alien abduction. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think my reasoning is pretty it's pretty sharp and clean, so I think that's what it was. But um anyway, y'all, we hope you liked this episode um if you did uh do let us know by i was literally about to say liking and subscribing you can do that bitch this is a podcast <laughs> let us know by fucking letting us know i guess send us a comment or whatever we are on instagram at, at talk scary uh, also twitter at talk scary and on facebook at a scary talk and um uh, next episode is episode 98 so we literally have three episodes left for this one mm, if you I'm have suggestions cry. for like i know cry bitch cry if you have last minute suggestions for um episode topics that you like us to we don't really need ideas because like if anything at this point we have more ideas than we can cover <laughs> in three episodes but like if you have a suggestion for something that you really want us to cover um and we think it's really good we might consider it so send it our way and um get ready for the last fucking three episodes dude it's gonna be lit yeah i'm super excited i love how you make our standards sound so high like send it in we'll consider it you know like we're like harvard looking applications you know well i did struggle to like um like finalize on 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 the last number of episodes like what i thought were really good ideas and Mm -hmm. because there's a lot we could still cover but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I you know we want to maintain the quality. Basically, and like you know, when you proposed Roanoke, I was like, I really like that. I remember like being really spooked by, like the season of American Horror Story when I watched it. So there's mm-hmm. something, um, and I think this mystery is fucking awesome. I mean, it's crazy, right? That like we know so little, but yeah. Anyway, that was her episode. Um, yeah, y'all uh, out there, take care. Uh, we will talk to you very soon. And anything else, Sunny? No, thank you for listening. Alrighty. Um, don't get abducted by the Spanish slash natives and uh, Croatoa, I guess. Good night, y'all. Bye. <laughs>